0: I'm Ted Baker. This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 59, looking back at the trip to USA Lacrosse Headquarters, a non-conference win over Providence. And, yes, it's those SU guys again uh, in the Dome coming up this Saturday at 1 o'clock, joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back.
1: Hey, Ted. Thanks, brother.
0: So you've talked all year long about playing the best when it matters the most, and you did it last Saturday. Uh, Some reflections on the game.
1: Um you know i think first it was uh you know something
0: that you know maybe
1: where we miss on this podcast not talking about more ted but i think um you, you know we reflected with our guys before the game about uh, you know wh- where we were why why we chose to play down there why we gave up a home game to go to that facility and you know we went down there and had a good practice on friday and then we walked through that uh, that US lacrosse hall of fame and uh you know we saw the best um to ever play our game the best programs to represent our game the um um you know the best individual players the best coaches uh, you name it and what's pretty cool is how often hobart lacrosse is represented in there as um you know particularly in the in that program element and in that coaching element so um and obviously there's been tremendous players that that have gone through this program but you're talking about way back when right William Dobbin and and all the way to Bill Miller and then um you know what what coach Yurick has done and coach Schmidt has done and and the whole our names represented like crazy there and uh, you know before the game we you know there's no no disrespect to providence um but you walk through there and you don't see their name really at all. It's to, You're hard pressed to find it, you know, and I think we made a big point of that, to, that that doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them a bad program and it doesn't make them a bad team at the moment. But, you know, I think the representation of wearing that Hobart Jersey needed to matter more to us on a game day. And uh, I think it needed to matter more in order to play a consistent game. So this whole thing, you know what it had to become about us it had to become about a full game It had to become about better defense it had to become about transitional play all the stuff we talk over and over and over again but also you know what type of effort and pride are you representing when when you wear the hobart jersey so i thought our guys um did a pretty good job of that specifically our leaders, you know, in uh, Michael Christensen, Mark Sinat, um, you know, Bobby Balzer, uh, these seniors that we asked to step up big and, and, and play a uh, consistent game did a pretty good job of that.
0: Do you really think that seeing that visually made a big impact on the guys? I mean, cause uh, you know, we walked around a little bit as much time as we had. And, and like you said, it was, uh, it was almost like Hobart headquarters there.
1: Yeah, I do, man. I do. And, and after, after practice, we, uh, I asked Andy, the guy who set up the whole thing, you know, it was okay to walk through there, and he kind of looked at me like, Well, yeah, you know, and, um, but you know, also, I think, kind of impressed that we wanted to walk through there. And, you know, you get so involved in the mix here, Ted, that, and, and we want our guys so present minded. Um, and with all the distractions that they do have, you forget who came before you and how important that is, and, you know, who's providing you the platform to, uh, you know, to play in one of the most competitive uh, programs in the country. you know, It always comes from, you know, who's been there before, who still cares about the program now. And, you know, that we don't have the dome. We don't have the locker room. We don't have the technology. We don't have the ability to travel all of our players. That's a 60 person roster walking through. hall of fame you know there's no team in the country i think travels 60 people maybe they do i don't know but we're taking two buses and it's all because of our alums man it's all because of our network our families our, our people that care about this thing so when you go in there and you see it you go holy cow you know i forgot i forgot we've been here since the start of this thing you know i forgot hobart lacrosse was here like we're looking at old school wooden sticks of a hobart player that are just you know pieces of artwork i mean somebody played with that you know probably out in front of cox hall you know so uh it's just i i think it was very impactful man i do it was impactful to me it was impactful to our staff and and it was important that our guys recognize we're not just playing in a neutral site we're not just coming down here to play a big east team like all that stuff like it matters it does and it will in the end but it's more so about the tradition of hobart and when you put on the jersey on game day what it what it what it should mean for you
0: I know that you guys probably didn't have much chance to pay attention to the Heron's game because you're getting ready for your own, but what a great start to that doubleheader. They're down 7-2, clash of two top five, six teams, and they just dug down and and they did what you would do later and and get out of that hole and play big when it mattered.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean We watched that. I mean, I I love what they're doing. I love uh, how hard the girls play. I see how hard they're working. You know, Um you know the addition of Lindsay too has been has been incredible. She's doing such a phenomenal job with Ann. and and uh, I just you know the complete the compete level is so high and the uh, uh, I mean the execution level is high and you can see great coaching, you can see hard work, you can see adjustments. You know they start to uh, they start Salisbury starts to shut off. Um, our girls adjust to it well. Other people step up. You know some great defense and our and our goalie too. Our William Smith goalie is playing. Uh, Playing phenomenal ball. So, yeah, man, we're, uh, that, that was a proud day, a proud HWS day for sure.
0: Speaking of goal, uh, Ellen and Wilson gets his first start. Uh, a little tough at the start. He had a stretch where he, he wasn't stopping much and then turned into a guy that was stopping everything. At one stretch, I think he made five or six in a row and some huge plays down the stretch. How do you evaluate him?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, you got to, you got to take some bumps and bruises with a, with a freshman's first start, right? You know, I think, uh, um, I think uh, Ellis is 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 a dog, man. I think he's tough, and um, he has he has some great stoic emotion and some next play mentality. But he's also a fierce competitor, Ted. I mean, he's he's a guy that um, I think can he, defense can build upon his energy and and the way he attacks the ball, the way he you see how many times he dives to backup shots, and and he got us maybe three or four possessions. Just like that. So we knew maybe the first quarter would be a lot of nerves. Uh, you know, and and the the tough part and good part about some of those shots is he's on them and you know, he he gets his stick on him, he gets his body on him, and they still kind of trickle in. That's where a goal, that's where a great goalie you see go, okay. That went in, but I'm on that. And you can see him telling his defense. You can see the way even a veteran guy like Michael responded to him and and um like Mark responded to him. So uh we're excited about you know, what the future holds for Ellis and, and what kind of spark he can provide our defense. Obviously, it's going to be highlighted this Saturday, man. There's no place like playing goalie um, or having a great game like the um, the place we're going to on Saturday. So, but we're excited for him, man. I think, uh, you know, the the whole point of this week was let's finish better than we started and not the other way around and and you know ellis case in and in that individual effort um executed that mentality to uh um to perfection
0: like we said going in providence was a very interesting team they really have only three guys that score but they're studs and they're complementary talents you've got bell who can score or pass then you've got uh horrigan who's a left-handed uh, attacker from the right and then you've got chabra who comes through the midfield i mean they're, they're going to be a load for a lot of teams
1: yeah, you know, I think uh, a, a bummer was how how much faster Shabra was in person. <laughs> so we, <laughs> I mean, we we knew we had to slide to him. He just got to eight yards so so darn quick. Um, so we're, we we knew it was coming at us. We were also, I think, Ted even more focused on their goaltender. You know, I think the hierarchy plays is unique, and and he makes some really good shots look easy to save you know and i think he did a really good job with that um so but again i think we we go to we go in at halftime right down seven four and um you know we highlight some certain areas that we did okay with but not great and we said okay we're going to be great at these things this week which was you know mainly our ride and um the transition into the ride we were going to cut off easy transitional goals and we gave up two. Uh, and so we just said, all right, let's, uh, and and you know, Coach Raymond uh, got after him a bit, raised his voice a little bit, and that has nothing to do with the way our guys play. But, you know, I think w- in the second half, we did a really good job of neutralizing 15. We did a really good job of knowing where 18 was off ball uh, for the majority of the second half. And also being quicker to support number 12, whether it's with a pick or a slide or whatever, um, just to make sure other someone else had to beat us. and and I think we saw as the second half went on, that they didn't have a ton of other guys that could beat you. So, um, you know, I think, uh, uh- a great defensive effort is going to uh, be a result of neutralizing some great players, uh, two or three that they have. So um, a pretty good job with that. Again, Ellis did a pretty good job supporting that. And, and also I think our guys got to that goaltender in a good way in the second half.
0: What did you do in your riding game? They cleared less than half. I mean, that's unheard of. 11 of 23. They were one of six in the first quarter. You turned them over 24 times. I mean, you, you really it took the body to them a lot.
1: Yeah, it, you know, part of it was the physicality and the execution. Uh, you know, Anthony uh, did a great job. Uh, Will Delano did a great job. James Green, who, you know, quietly, you know, did um, a really smart job of shutting off a short stick early, you know, making sure that they had to make decisions. I think that the goal, Ted, was to get them to to um, handle the ball with their defensemen and and see if we couldn't get them to go off sides a bunch because just the way they balance their clear Um it meant they had to do a pretty specific job of when they could advance and when they couldn't. So I thought our guys balanced the field really well. And um, you know, the, the objective was the ride of the ride was okay. Let's once we get into these spots, let's add a little bit of pressure, but also let's get into these spots first and make them think. And so I thought our guys did a good job of making them communicate who's on sides, who who isn't, and um, thankfully our refs were on it and and saw the bulk of the time that they went offside. So a great riding effort gave us a ton more possessions, and and it's you know something that I thought was a difference in the game.
0: Sometimes you run your offense and it works, sometimes you don't, and sometimes guys say, give me the ball, get out of my way, this is going in the net. I mean, those were the kind of goals you in the fourth quarter, to tell us, uh, Balzer, Considine's goal were all just real want to, and especially Anthony to who just got clobbered. Uh, you know he's over on the sideline getting his uh, faculties together, and then he runs back out there and scores big goals.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know I think um, all result of long possessions too ted i think that's a a big key there you know anthony's anthony's a good player john jude's a good player bobby's a good player you know, the, you know david peterkin jack grooms we got guys that um troy um james green we've got we've got guys that can play good ball you know and with chad out uh that game um you know it was important that some other people stepped up and did a really good job chad is such a consistent facilitator for us and makes every defense move we, with athleticism and and um and yada yada yada. So, but the uh, the possessions that were stale weren't a result of our inability to move uh, to dodge and to score. Uh, They're in a, a result of an inability to move the ball or a lack of focus on rather moving the ball and moving off ball. You know, and I think some possessions in that third quarter was let's watch that guy dodge and then we get in the huddle and Coach Brundage. You know, we revisit the conversation we had in the hotel when we were going over the scouting report. We said we didn't say anything it was about, you know, beating your man and and um and making a great play. The 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 game plan is all about and predicated on. How, how many touches can we get? What's our pass count look like on the offensive end? And can we move this goalie pipe to pipe often? Can we move this move this defense side to side often? And, you know, I think we have that timeout in the third quarter, or they called the the timeout in the third quarter, rather. We reestablished, revisited, and Coach Brundage did a great job of reminding our guys, hey, if Anthony's going to score, it's going to be late in the possession. If Bobby's going to score, it'll be late in the possession. If you go back and look at all those, it's after three, four, five dodges, ball movement, ball movement ball movement, we get a great matchup that we like, and then they exploit it. So um, That's who we got to be offensively from here on out.
0: It's funny, we joke sometimes that if you want to know how the game's going to go, ignore everything we say in the pregame show. We came on and said, these guys won't win any face-offs, uh, they're going to throw a ton of long poles at us, Hobart's going to win them all, and it didn't work out that way. It was a tough day for Adam Shea. Uh, Schofield came in and got some runs. What, what was the difficulty at the X?
1: Uh, I mean... Every game's different, man. You know, it the whistles are different. It's the um I can't I can't pinpoint a certain thing. Uh, you know, I think uh there's a couple scenarios where our wing play could have improved. I you know, I think they were a little bit more focused. I think we thought like you did, Ted, we thought that, you know, Shea would have these guys' numbers and Seamus would have these guys' numbers, and it was just more of a battle, which is okay. You know, I think um you know, if you get all those possessions back in a ride, um, then then you're in pretty good shape there. And I think, you know, statistically, I, I, I'm not even convinced face-off stats, ground ball stats, all this stuff is accurate anymore. I, I mean, i look at these things after the game and go, wait, what? You know, I, I've looked at games we've lost. I'm like, we won more face than they did? And, and it's like, well, oh, that's what the stats say. So, you know, I, I just look at it as a flow of the game type thing. And I thought that, you know, in the second half, shay comes out there and goes early twice coach raymond's hot gets in his ear a little bit and says hey focus up but i thought when the momentum you know ted we've talked it's it, when the momentum has shifted for our opponent we're we're we're, we're not as focused at the face-off and on the wings as we are all over the field it seems like everything's going the other team's way i thought the um the, the reestablishment of fundamentals that we made Shea do in-game and say, okay, stop trying to time the whistle, focus on your counters, have some versatility, you know, and just grit it out like you always do. And he won a couple big face-offs in the fourth quarter that kept getting us the ball after we wrote it back a few times, after we scored a few times and gave us that two, three goal lead, heading into that, you know, that last four minute stretch with, a team that knows how to sit on the ball well offensively. So um, it wasn't as we planned. And uh, I mean, what is half the time, but um, I thought they battled well. I thought Seamus did a really good job when he got in there and and switched up uh, the move that he was doing. And, you know, even scored a couple goals, got us going forward a few times. So, um, you know, just reestablishing some discipline here this week, and and letting them know how important they're going to be going into Saturday.
0: You tried about twenty different guys, I think, on the face-off wings in that game. Is that are you going to just keep rotating through a lot of guys, or or are you settling on some that looked best?
1: Oh, it, it all depends on the flow, really. You know, again, Chad Out, uh, who's a consistent guy for us there. Bobby, a consistent guy. We play, try to play three or four long stick horses a game ted where you know they um they all do some different things really well so but it's also how fresh is bobby how fresh is chad how <coughs> excuse me how fresh are those guys on the wings it's all about what just happened really so and we have a lot of trust in a lot of guys out there so um we want to play different people to make sure legs are fresh in the fourth and um and also put some different folks out there that have shown they're capable of um basically picking the ball up and um it's it would be great if we could just throw a guy out there and get him in a groove but you know, one of our best guys, Bobby, does a thousand things for us. So we just, you know, we want to make sure that uh, he's fresh in other areas of the game as well. And that's just one example. So, um, yeah, we'll keep playing a lot of people there. We trust a lot of people there. And, and I also think a bunch of guys can be impactful in different
0: ways. I want to mention one guy that I thought's really come along. He's getting more playing time over the last couple of weeks at long stick, and that's Michael Amoruso. He had, uh, I remember one possession where he made a couple of plays, and and he's getting more playing time at more important times of the game.
1: Yeah, Mike Mike's a stud, Ted. I mean, he's he's got a he's got that fighter's mentality. You know, I think he's physically tough. He loves he loves grinding out an opponent and and mixing it up a little bit, but he's also got a great stick. I mean, he uh he handles the ball really well. And he's starting to now get into a groove where he's anticipating next plays. He even he backs up a couple shots for us, specifically one in the fourth quarter. It gives us a huge possession. Um, so he's starting to learn the nuances of the game well, which is great. And we're flirting with the idea of giving him a short stick and and just getting them on the field more. Um no matter what the capacity is. Ultimately, in the end, when he's done here, he'll be a great long stick midi for us. But right now, it's how do we play him more and and how do we get more reps for him? Because I do think he's in a pretty good groove.
0: I don't know how much attention you pay to the other bench, but your former teammate Bobby Benson spent most of the game five yards out on the field jumping up and down and screaming.
1: Yeah, (laughs) You know, I I tried to get him to calm down. He looked over one time. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, buddy, you got to relax. And so, uh, he's a passionate guy, man. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's got to turn those palms over a bit. And it's funny after the game, I'm like, like, what'd you wear a hat for? And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, you took it off every time you opened your mouth. <laughs> you know, so I've been there, man. I've been in those frustrating moments. I have complete empathy for it. And, um, you know, I think, um, you know, sometimes Ted, if you see the other coach a little bit frustrated, it it makes you feel pretty good. But um, but again, I love the guy, I respect him completely, and and I know he's uh, going to continue to do great things there.
0: Syracuse Orange at the now JMA Dome this Saturday at one o'clock, and uh, you you got to win this one without me, Coach. I'll be in Massachusetts for hockey,
1: as you should be, man. <laughs> you know, I I think uh, we're we're as excited about that hockey game and that hockey weekend as we are about our game. But uh, yeah, man. Going back to that dome, um, what they'll claim, Syracuse is the as uh, the best on-campus facility uh, in the United States, and what we'll claim as um, one of the places that we uh, basically we like to play least. But hey, uh, a, a game or a place that I, I've been there before, and it hasn't been it's been a long time. But uh, there there's no place to win an away game. Like there like there is in the dome, that's for sure.
0: So what do you make of this year's team? They have four wins against their four unranked opponents and they've lost their four games against ranked opponents. Of course, they play a very difficult schedule.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, they're they're still settling in a bit to to who they are, and and they're ultra talented as always, Ted. I think they have a little bit of more of an adopted system of kind of a half-field. Uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to out athlete in the defensive end and they got great length and they have an awesome goalie that they love. Um, and in the offensive end they're I, I mean, I know that the record may not show it, but the, they're the most skilled offense in the country, just with terms of their ability to move the ball and, and how they can operate in, um, tight spaces or uh with people draped all over them and the plays that they can make with the ball it's just it's really uncoachable to a degree so you know i think gary and pat march have put them in great spots to um to to basically extend uh, you know um promote their talent and put them in spots where they can execute um in ways that other people can't you know the Spalina kid's very good. He is. He's he and he's not just uh, the the twenty two hype and yada yada yada. He's a really hard worker, and I think he um he rides very hard. He's, he's physical on the ground. Um, I mean you name it. So uh, we've got a lot of respect for him. I think you know those games that they lost. One's in overtime. You know, one's uh you know they're all to great opponents. And and um you know I think we just we're trying to adopt this this philosophy that this game has got to be more about um. How we play and and our ability to understand how we're going to win this game, you know, and we're, we're not in the preventative mindset right now we're in the how do you go attack this game and get the win in our favor so. Um, I think they're very good, Ted, I do, and uh, but I also think they're very different than they have been in the past.
0: Yeah, their offense, I mean, it's completely different from Providence. We talked about three guys with them. They have four guys with double-digit assists. They really move the ball, and the shots come from everywhere. There's no, you know, mark this guy, mark this guy. you got to mark every guy.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know, I think 77 special. I think Owen Hiltz is special. Uh, I think is a special player. And I think the kid, Finn Thompson's a special player and the, uh, the, the compliments that everybody else has, you know, cursed is a monster and a beast and, and, uh, the kid Burt whistle can shoot it from anywhere. So those quote unquote complimentary players can also take over a game, you know? So, but I think you do still need to make sure you see. Where they're most talented and where they're most effective. It's when the ball's in seventy-seven stick and when the ball's in number twenty-two stick. There's no doubt about that.
0: And for years, Syracuse was a team that would just bludgeon people. You know, it didn't matter if they gave up fifteen goals because they'd score twenty. But in Will Mark and Goal, you've got a guy who can make eight saves in a row and turn a game around.
1: Yeah, good thing is we know him, and um, you're one of. The, I think we're one of the few teams that play Syracuse that has played will mark two times over the past two years, you know? So we went into LIU, both of those years saying, here's the difference right here, this guy in the goal. And, um, you know, and the LIU with the Lacalandrias and uh, you know, all these other guys that, that could play and this and that, it's like, those guys are great, but he's the one he's the difference maker so and i think it's the same i think would they i think they believe that he's their best defender i think they're willing to put a lot of ownership on him and thankfully for us you know, we've seen him for two years. We've got a good scout on him, and, and we're uh, we're giving our guys as much information as they can on how to shoot the ball smart and how to get a great shot over a good one.
0: And we talked about this before the Cornell game. Uh, Syracuse is another team. Number one, they'll punish mistakes if you turn the ball over. And number two, they're going on the whistle. So if if you make a mistake, you go offside or or turn the ball over, you, you can't hang your head because they're going to run past you if you do.
1: Yeah, thankfully, Ted, we're a next play team, and um, you know this is a game where you got to execute it well. And I think uh, you referencing Cornell is a great thing, just because uh, you know you go back to that game, and I can show you a Hobart team that played against the name instead of just playing the game. And um, so we've we've been very limited in how many times we've said the word Syracuse this week, and um, and that's by design. We got we have to understand that Syracuse or not Cornell Robert Morris you name it it's about how we play the next play and and how focused we are on beating the whistle how focused we are on getting to the right spots on the field and um and doing our best to to play our game and exploit them in ways where we feel like they have weaknesses so you look all over that field and you don't look at a perfect team because they ain't There's spots where they're struggling. There's spots where they have fault. And and it's our responsibility to make sure we take advantage of those. So, yes, they're good. They play fast. They'll beat the whistle. And um, they'll make great plays. You know, Finn Thompson may score an around-the-world goal. Owen Hiltz will have something that's on SportsCenter. But all that matters is the score at the end of the game.
0: So when you line them up uh, right before 1 o'clock on Saturday, what will be the couple of things you emphasize before they take the field?
1: Uh, Ted, that's for me and the team. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, I can say that stuff uh, on the podcast completely, but, um, a lot of what I just said, man, you know, I'm not sure what, if there's a good reason why we can't play the best game we've played all season on Saturday. And if there is one, I'd love to know what it is.
0: Well, and I thought, uh, the, you know, you set the tone in that Providence game. Cause that's what you've been talking about all year long is, is playing with maturity and, and playing Effectively, when it matters the most and and that's really what that game was. I mean, the fourth quarter was yours, and we haven't always seen that a lot,
1: yeah, it, Ted, you know, we had a great we have a uh, a dog of the day in practice every single day. And uh, a guy named Cam Cooley, um, who's climbing up our depth chart here, who's a, a you know a phenomenal leader for us. And um, out of the Blue Ridge School, Virginia, but uh, originally a Massachusetts guy, he's just got an awesome way with words and, and an awesome ability to lead. And he was the dog of the day. And he he got up yesterday and said, gave this whole speech about doubling down on Hobart. And um, doubling down on the underdog and not just from an emotional standpoint, but from a maturity standpoint, are, you know, are we going to, you know, stay, lay, basically dig our feet in and fight, right? Are we going to play to an opponent? Are we going to play the Hobart way? Are we going to play the mature way? Or are we going to let an opponent dictate? our emotional state and our execution. So proud of him for making that speech. And and that's the message is, you know, we can talk about disrespect. We can talk about them pulling us to the dome four years in a row. That's the only way we play them. We can talk about being called Cuse's little stepbrother or punching bag or yada, yada, yada. None of that crap matters. You got to play the game well to win it. And um, so we'll be emotional, you know, we'll be ready. We we understand the opponent that we're playing. But um, for us, we got to make sure we double down on Hobart and, and just put our fists up and ready to fight for who we are.
0: All right. Well, we talked about those great names from the past. Uh, There are two of them on a trophy, Krause and Simmons, and you're playing for it Saturday, 1 o'clock at the Dome against Syracuse. Uh, I'll be watching, and I'll be there in spirit. And uh, this is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, all your athletics information at hwsathletics.com. Win one for me, Coach.
1: You got it, Ted. Have a safe trip, brother.